Hola a todos, hi everyone. Yo soy Carla Rodríguez y este es Metafit Metamind Podcast, el lugar donde normalizamos conversaciones sobre la salud física y mental. The place where we normalize the conversation about both physical and mental health. Después de varios meses tengo cosas que contarles. Este, como ya les dije en el episodio previo, eh, fue un episodio corto donde les expliqué que he hecho estos meses. Um, after a few months of you know, not posting, not doing anything with my podcast, several things have happened in my life. Um, as I stated in the previous episode with a short update of what actually has happened, there's many things that have occurred. At the time I was applying for APD and en ese tiempo estaba aplicando para policía y pues no pude entrar. As you know, I did not make it into the academy and it took me a couple weeks to actually get over it. Me tomó unas semanas para poder aceptar lo que estaba pasando. Eh, de suerte pude conseguir un buen trabajo. Uh, with good luck and good people, I was able to find another place of employment which technically is at the same office that I was at before. Técnicamente es, la, es en la oficina donde ya estaba antes, nada más es con otra compañía, just with a different company. I have good people that um, are showing me the ropes. Tengo buena gente que me está enseñando cómo hacer cosas y sigo aprendiendo todos los días. I keep learning every day. Un día antes fue que me dijeron que estaba contratada con la compañía. One day before was I told that I was hired to this company. What day is that? Well, I went to Colorado and I was leaving on a Friday. And on Thursday is when I received the good news. On Wednesday was my birthday. So it was one of those weeks that I was just really stressed out. Básicamente, el viernes me estaba yendo a Colorado para mi viaje con mis amigas. El jueves fue cuando me contaron las buenas noticias que me contrataron con la compañía. Y el miércoles, antes de eso, fue mi cumpleaños, entonces esa semana fue bien ocupada, estuve estresada, pero terminó en buena nota porque me pude ir a Colorado tranquila. I was able to leave to Colorado calm and all the anxiety just started fading away. Toda la ansiedad que estaba teniendo esas semanas, poco por poquito, se estaba yendo. ¿Qué más ha pasado? What else has happened? I started jiu-jitsu in July. Empecé un deporte que se llama... Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu en Julio y ya tengo como un mes y medio it's about a month and a half already that I've started it and I honestly feel great me siento excelente he podido seguir activa I've been able to stay active um, you know, still keeping strong and still learning every day estoy um, pudiendo seguir ser fuerte y estoy aprendiendo cada día uh, oh, también tenemos una buena noticia que a Alex ya le dieron su primera um, etiqueta blanca en su cincho. Alex actually just got his first white stripe on his belt. So he's super excited. He keeps saying, él sigue diciendo, I have a stripe and you don't have a stripe. It's so funny. Él sigue diciendo que él tiene una, una marca y yo no tengo una. Entonces él se ríe. These kids can be so honest. Estos niños pueden ser tan honestos y tan duros. They can be so hard on you. But, you know, they're actually part of why we try to strive for the better. Es, ellos son parte de la razón porque nosotros tratamos de ser mejores personas para que ellos aprendan y que miren cómo nosotros trabajamos para nuestras cosas en nuestra vida. You know, so these kids can see how we keep working hard to get and obtain the things we want in life. And that we should not give up on ourselves and to continue to work hard because he's learning that he just got rewarded for working and learning hard. And so now he's even more motivated to keep going on his next step. He's got a goal already, okay? He's six, about to be seven. Básicamente, él está aprendiendo que cuando uno trabaja duro, uno recibe lo que uno se merece, ¿verdad? Entonces, él ya está poniéndose metas de lo que él quiere. He's already asking for a purple belt. Ya está pidiendo él una, un cincho morado, que eso se tardaban no sé, unos 7 10 años. That can probably take about 7 to 10 years of experience in jiu-jitsu. But his mind is set. And he's one of those kids that when he wants something, I know he's going to get it. Es uno de esos niños que cuando él quiere algo, él va a tratar todo lo posible para obtener lo que él quiere y va a trabajar duro. 
uh, antes de que le dieron su marca, él compitió. Before he actually received his, his stripe, he actually competed um, a month in from learning and starting jiu-jitsu in the novice kids. Este, un mes después de que él había empezado en jiu-jitsu en la división de niños que apenas primerizos. Y ganó segundo y tercer lugar en dos divisiones con gi y sin gi. He actually got second and third place in gi and no gi division with the kids. So we thought that was really awesome. Sobre el libro, about the book, like I said, it is happening. We actually just got um, our book cover, our updated book cover today. Este, apenas ahora recibimos el nuevo um, página de título. Um, ahora. Y está bonito. It's actually a cool looking cover. Y en como una hora y algo, tenemos fotos con el grupo. And in about an hour, we actually have a group photo with the rest of the writers. So I'm excited to meet up with everybody and see what everybody's been up to. Estoy contenta de poder encontrarme con todas las mujeres inteligentes y aprender de lo que están haciendo ellas ahorita y pues seguir adelante. And, you know, let's keep on keeping on. El episodio de ahora será en inglés, entonces pues creo que no sé todavía qué voy a hacer, si voy a escribirles toda la información y se lo van a leer o si quieren como un episodio extra y nomás um, explicándoles en corto de lo que se trató el episodio en inglés. Um, I'll probably, you let me know what you want, if you want me to keep doing the blogs, if I do one language or the other, um, if you want me to do a bonus episode or if you'd just rather me blog about it. Um, I will probably post about it and, you know, just make your votes on there. In this episode, um, I had an interview, an awesome interview, actually, with this entrepreneur, genius, woman, hard worker, Kristen Menendez, who a few months ago, she had just started her um, coaching uh, program and you know, she was about to start a group coaching program as well. So it's been a, a few months and I actually haven't spoken to her. So I'll probably learn more about what she's doing today. Um, but I'm really excited for you to hear and listen about our interview, about self-reflection, about learning and the progressiveness of natural, the, the natural progressiveness of the physical and mental aspect of our health and our life and when we start our journeys how we can keep that going forward how we have to learn to forgive others if we want to keep moving forward as well and to learn to forgive ourselves because we're always going to be the hardest on ourselves um, but I'm not going to say too much about it because the episode is actually a good episode it's a good interview and she has so many good things to say so without further ado here is the interview so today I have Kristen Menendez, who um, she's actually a collaborator to the book that I've been a part of. Um, hi, hi, Kristen. Can you say hi. about yourself? Yeah, um, I am a love and relationship coach to empaths. I help empaths heal their broken hearts and move on with their lives so they can have phenomenal relationships without codependency. And um, I work with people at the mindset level to overcome trauma, limiting beliefs, um, you know, break free from negative patterns. So they can make real lasting transformation in their lives and confidently claim the success they desire. Awesome. Yeah. That's always a, a journey and something that I struggle with on a, on a daily basis, um, to kind of get, un I like that word unstuck, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> you know, and the, the whole reminder of like, how do I get unstuck? Like, what can I do next to, yeah. Stop? that negative pattern. So I really love that. Um, and how, how did you kind of come to this? Like, what's your story on how, uh, you know, you decided like you were stuck and then you chose, okay, it's time for me to get unstuck. Yeah. Um, well, I, I guess I, uh, my background is that I grew up in an emotion, I always called them an emotionally chaotic environment to like, kind of like put it in a nice way. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, there was, uh, you know, first of all, my parents were divorced when I was um, about two years old. They were separated long before that, actually. I was probably um, a couple of months old when they separated. And uh, my mom remarried when I was around four, and my stepfather um, struggled with alcoholism. And um, he, you know, the 
the climate in the home environment was that there was a lot of anger. There was, you know, arguments that would break out a lot and there were no boundaries or, you know, um, I wouldn't say no boundaries, but Mm -hmm. there were just very flexible boundaries and it made it very confusing to know um, what to expect and what was expected of me and also how to, you know, operate within those parameters. So I acted out a lot because there was, there was a lot of emotional abuse in my home growing up. And, um, I didn't feel very safe in my home. I didn't feel protected. And, you know, my, my mom's marriage to my stepdad was very codependent, very volatile. And that's what I mean. But I didn't feel safe because no matter what would go on between the two of them, you know, she would stay with him and it just like, she did would defend me to him a lot because he was very much like, (laughs) kind of a tyrant really, you know, and so mm-hmm. she would, he would always want to dole out these really harsh um, punishments and she would stick up for me, but then that would cause tension between the two of them. So it was just, you know, it made it very confusing and I did not have a good relationship with him. And, um, and my mom, for that matter, I loved her, you know, as my mom and probably the only person protecting me, but we bumped heads too. And so mm-hmm. I just spent a lot of my childhood punished because I was constantly acting out. I had a lot of rage and um, I didn't know what to do with it and they didn't know what to do with it. So I kind of, you know, constantly being punished and, you know, treated like a, I was being a bad kid kind of reinforced this message to me that like something's wrong with you and, you know, we're always angry at you and you're not good enough. And that's not what they were saying to me exactly. It's just kind of like the story we tell ourselves in that kind of environment, mm-hmm. right? And you kind of felt that yeah. against you and quote unquote, you were the bad kid. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it felt like. And so um, I just, you know, I grew up with a lot of anger and rage and um, by general, you know, normal societal standards, I ended up being fairly well adjusted. Like I went to college and graduated and got a job and, you know, had had some relationships, uh, long-term relationships. And so, you know, just kind of like lived what most people would view as a normal life. But the, you know, but the thing is, is that I was realizing in my adult relationships, there was a lot of that anger was still playing out. And I I was, I found myself in emotionally abusive um, relationships sometimes. And, you know, almost all of them were codependent. And I, um, I just found myself really, my self-worth was at the whim of the opinions of my friends and my partner, you know, my romantic partners. And, um, I sought external validation and I didn't always really feel like I belonged. And so that was really tough for me. And um, in one relationship in particular, that it was like a three year on again, off again relationship. It was a really painful breakup when we finally pulled the plug on it. And it was so codependent that um, that I kind of eventually lost myself in the relationship because at first it was like me trying to fix my partner into who they needed to be for me. And then they ended up resenting me and, and kind of distancing themselves. And then I freaked out and started trying to like win them back. And then I was trying to like be the partner that I thought they wanted me to be. And so I was changing myself and constantly trying to get their approval. And when it didn't work, it was crippling to me. And I totally just like lost my own identity and that relationship because I was trying to be someone to like win that person back. So, yeah. you're. I've I've kind of done the same thing where... Um, I, it's like if I did something wrong, I guess, and even though I haven't, and I'm trying everything I can to, like you said, win them back and quote unquote, get their forgiveness and, mm-hmm. you know, be kind of like, uh, I don't know, make like, kiss, you know, basically kissing their ass in a way, which sucks. Um, yeah. So I totally, I totally get where you're coming from because I came, my father was also, an alcoholic, emotional abuse as well in the family. Mm, yeah. Um, so the rage was always there, except I was the opposite. I, in turn, instead of quote unquote being a bad kid, I was just, um, I, uh, someone who didn't really say what she felt. Yeah. You internalized it and kind of shut down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of the way it goes. You either act out in a rage or you just, stuff it down, right? That's kind of like our options when we don't really know how to process those emotions. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. And um and yeah, and my my way of doing it was acting out. I just didn't understand all the injustices in the environment and how to deal with them and my parents didn't know how to deal with me. So we were always at odds. And um 
And yeah, and in that one particular relationship I was referring to, I just, you know, it just wasn't working. And um, when I, when we finally pulled the plug on it, I just was like, I had to figure out who I was outside of that relationship because I had just sacrificed so much of myself. And um, I, I, I just, I took a long look at myself in the mirror and was like, wow, what happened to you? You know, like I, I had, this is the thing though, is like, Prior to that point, I had thought of myself as independent. I had thought of myself as deserving better. And I had told my partner, you know, early on in the relationship, I deserve better than this. But if you really look at how I was behaving and like what, you know, what beliefs would I have to have held to be in that relationship for three years on again, off again? It's like, oh, I do I believe I deserve better? Because I sure as hell didn't just demonstrate that when I was staying in there for three years. Um, so it's like, you know, we got to look at what our actions tell us about our beliefs. And I thought I was independent and strong, and I certainly presented myself that way. But, you know, when I started kind of examining myself on a deeper level, I was realizing that my sense of self-worth and my sense of validation was coming from other people. And um, I really spent that, you know, year or two after that relationship working on discovering who I was again and learning how to be my own source of love. And um, through that journey, I went all the way back into my childhood and started realizing like where all that stuff even came from to begin with. I started pulling back the, peeling back the layers and really looking at what was there and how those, um, the beliefs that I held as an adult, like where did those even originate? And it all came back to my, my childhood experiences. And that's typical, you know, that's typical for, for all of us really, um, a lot of the beliefs we carry into our adulthood stem from childhood experiences. And so, yeah, I just, um, for a couple of years, I, I had to really examine that. And so, you know, then the question was like, how do I heal this pain? Like I have all this pain in my heart that I don't know what to do with. And I realized that I had to find a way to let it go. And for me, that meant, um, just so if I'm realizing that a lot of the stuff originated in childhood, that's where I started. And I worked on forgiving um, all that rage and anger that I had toward my stepdad. And that was difficult. It was a, you know, a long journey, but um, trying to forgive someone who never even asked for it, who, you know, as far as I knew, wasn't even sorry. <laughs> and Mm-hmm. Yeah, they weren't aware. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I, I learned that forgiveness really is not about the other person at all. Like we hold on to these grudges and these resentments thinking like we're teaching them a lesson. And, you know, we're under this this illusion that somehow that means we're protecting ourselves. But really, um, I saw this quote that stated it perfectly. It's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. You know? oh, <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> Wow. It's yeah, definitely. It's, it's such a, it's, it goes to such a deep level of like forgiveness is so, it's probably one of the hardest things to do. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's even harder to forgive ourselves. Yeah. Even though, you know, yeah, exactly. We just can't let things go, I guess. Well, and because of, you know, our programming and our, you know, on the mental level, our programming stemming from childhood experiences, um, you really have to be willing to go back in and examine the pro what programming is there. And um, mm-hmm. so if mine, you know, came from these experiences where there's a lot of anger and rage, it was like, well, I, I can't see any other way to let, to let go of this. Like my, you know, our parents are direct reflections of us. I mean, should we look like them, yeah. you know, we share DNA <laughs> with them. Yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah. so we pick, we have some of their mannerisms even, or just behave similarly sometimes. Oh, I know. I mean, here, like in the Hispanic world, a lot of our parents, uh, they're like, man, you look like your, your mom or your dad. And why, why are you acting like them? Um, I, I, I was raised by y'all, you know, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, I mean, there is no, I, I believe, and I've, I've come to understand and believe that everybody in our lives in some way is a reflection of us. And it took me a long time to really, mm-hmm. truly understand it and believe it. But um, I gave it a lot of thought and started noticing how true that is. And, you know, with that said, it's like our par- there is no better reflection of us than our parents. Even when we look at them and say like, oh, no, 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 I get so triggered by them because I'm so opposite from them. 
you know, it's not that you're so opposite from them because they're reflecting something back to you directly. And that's, that is why we get triggered by them because they, they tend to show us the parts of our own lives that, you know, that we may not be very fond of to put it nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, I really had to confront that. And so holding your, holding your parents in contempt is holding yourself in contempt. And it comes back to what I said about swallowing poison and expecting the other person to die. It, you know, that is poison to your soul. You cannot claim to be a person who is a loving, compassionate person while still holding somebody else in contempt and refusing to forgive. Um, and so I, uh, I came to terms with that and walked through that forgiveness process and I didn't have anybody guiding me through it. Um, you know, I had a religious background, even though I'm not religious anymore. I do consider myself spiritual. But even then, I by that point in my life, I had kind of taken a step back from religion. And I, you know, but I did, I did at least what that brought to me as in my background was an understanding of the importance of forgiveness um, and having compassion. And so I, it took me a couple of years to kind of wade through all that emotion that was surfacing through that process. And, um, so, yeah, and that basically led to a greater I had no idea that, that what could have followed after that was like a total transformational process that really, um, over the course of time, just really brought so much healing to my soul that I uh, eventually felt called to start helping people do that with, you know, for themselves in their own lives, because there's just so many people walking around with trauma and heartache and pain. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, the reason why I decided to become a love and relationship coach, especially to empaths, I coach anybody who wants to be coached, um, that is coachable. I will <laughs> qualify that, but, um, but really, you know, I'm an empath and for people who don't know what yeah. exactly that means, it's empaths are just people who are highly sensitive, um, to other people's energy and, you know, have a tendency to take on other people's energies as their own very easily almost to the extent to where sometimes you don't know if it's you're feeling your own emotions or some that of somebody else's. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. Um, yeah, I've always helped like without really intending to, I'm always over the years that I've had jobs and everything. I've always found a job where I'm helping somebody mm-hmm. else. Um, you know, retail, I was, I've always been like, so like, all right, I gotta help you. I gotta help you. So I can feel better, you know, so I can know that I did a good job. Then I, I've been a doula and I still am a doula um, for now. It's just for my friends and things like that. But, um, you know, I've been in that position and I, it's always been that way. And without knowing, it's actually a more recent discovery that someone told me, oh, you're an empath. I'm like, empath. And I had to yeah. go look it up <laughs> because I had never heard the term. I thought people would always tell me, oh, you're just emotional. You're just a crybaby or you're just this or you're just yeah. that. Like, um, because in in my world like we've never talked about the mental state of being you know wellness mm-hmm. and um so uh I, I don't think i've told you metafit metamind you know the reason i started this and it's kind of a mindset of both the mental and the physical aspect to both correlate with each other as far as wellness and health and being healthy as a kid i was bullied i was overweight then, you know, I discovered that I had an autoimmune disease. I have a genetic disease as well that I found out about three mm. years ago. And so over the years, I was always an overweight kid, didn't know what to eat, never was told, you know, that this is healthy or this is unhealthy. So as a result, bullying kind of happened. Um, yeah. as, I, as I've said, like, I've always been the quiet one. So I've never, I never actually knew how to defend myself. I had friends who um, would, t- would get mad at me because... I wouldn't stand up for myself, so they would do it. And that's part of codependency because, like, I had someone to help Mm -hmm. me out, you know. So somebody told me, oh, you're an empath. I'm like, what? (laughs) Like, what is this? What is this, you know? And so I've been slowly learning about this, and it's been a recent thing. Like, I'm not even kidding. Probably since I became part of Society of We and meeting all of, you know, other women and and more self-discovery and connecting with others and different, you know, with you, you're, you're a love and relationship coach, but you know, specifically for empaths, I like, I don't know, I was drawn to you. Like I've been kind of following your, your journey um, since uh, we started the collaboration mm-hmm. with the book. 
And then, you know, next thing you know, one of our meetings, you said, oh, I finally quit my job. I was like, that's amazing, <laughs> you know. And and so MetaFit MetaMind <clears throat> is the the normalizing this conversation, you know, that we never talk about um, as far as our stories, but also being open to it, but also realizing that both physical and mental health are oh yeah oh yeah i'm kind of curious you know how throughout throughout your whole journey how that's also affected you physically as far as you know literally physically like how you've been able to take care of of yourself during this whole process Mm -hmm. because you know some of us find excuses as to why not to take care of ourselves yeah absolutely so i want to preface it by saying that um i've you know in my part of the things i've realized along this journey are that your emotions and your physical health are directly connected. They're directly related. And, um, you know, and some people hear that, like, so I, you know, I've come to understand that disease, disease, disease in the body mm-hmm. is, it's mm-hmm. basically trapped negative emotions in the body. And some people might hear that and think, oh, that sounds really woo, you know, but, but think about this. It's like, how many times in your life have you been in, you know, whether it's maybe like work was blowing up or maybe your relationship was blowing up, something was going wrong and you started getting really sick, just like you caught the flu and you're like, oh yeah, just allergies or whatever. But it's like your immune system is directly impacted by the state, your your mental and emotional state completely. And we all can, I think on some level, we all can relate to like a time in our lives where we, we just were enduring a lot of stress and we ended up getting sick. And people have an easier time, you know, real, recognizing that. But when you turn to something like a more chronic disease or something like bigger, um, like cancer or, or um, heart attacks and things like that, people don't see the correlation somehow, you know, and it's like, well, why would you look at getting sick and things like a smaller scale disease. And, and you're like, yeah, I, I was just really stressed out. I had a lack of sleep. My immune system was down, but you yet can't turn around and mm-hmm. see how this bigger, this grant, these bigger chronic diseases are still all also very directly connected. And um, so mm-hmm. I'm not a health expert by any means, but um, Louis, I know that there's, I don't, I'm not sure how um, big into this you have gotten or are, but there's a book by Louise Hay, called Heal Your Life, I believe it's Mm -hmm. called. And, you know, she, and this book has been around, by the way, since probably like, I don't know, the late 80s, I want to say, maybe early 90s, not exactly sure. But Mm -hmm. she, she was a big pioneer, I think, as far as I know, um, in in this school of of thought, and, um, you know, there's science to support it, too. And so, really, it's not just about healing yourself emotionally, it's not just about healing yourself physically, it's about a holistic approach. And what I find is that people who are on a pathway to where they are starting to become more self-aware and aware of their programming and aware of, you know, how their these negative emotions are affecting them, um, and they start doing the work to heal themselves emotionally, it's sort of a natural progression um, to then also start taking care of your your health better too. And I believe that the reason that is, and it also, you could also be someone who starts physically, physical care first, and then eventually the emotional healing comes. So it doesn't really matter which way you start, but they are connected. Mm -hmm. And um, I really believe that it's because it comes down to your sense of self-worth. When you are someone who's focused on health, whether that's mental health, emotional health, or, you know, physical health, that is indicative of somebody who's interested in self-care, someone who is interested in learning how to love themselves because you're taking care of yourself. And so it it just kind of seems like a natural progression. So having said that, um, when I was going through that, you know, that that three-year on-again, off-again relationship in which I lost myself, I, I was getting sick, like, you know, and I'm talking like three or four days at a time about once every other month, which is a lot, you know, and um mm-hmm. yeah you're yeah shut down. it was like the my body was like girl we can't handle this shit like you need to do something <laughs> <laughs> so you know and and yeah. um and not that I never get sick anymore but it also is kind of like well so I it's brought consciousness to like what am I eating you know am I getting enough greens am I eating enough superfoods and things that I know will support um better long-term health and so I practiced, I started practicing intermittent fasting and, um, I don't, 
admittedly, I haven't gotten into like regular working out, um, like physical, you know, high physical activity, but I get low, low end physical activity, like walking the dog and stuff like that. Just, you know, low impact, but, um, you know, making healthier choices. I practice intermittent fasting and I, um, I actually do high, like it's some, you know, lower form of a keto type of diet where I do high fats, um, high fat diet, healthy fats. So anyway, point being is like it, as I started healing myself emotionally, I, it was just for me, a natural progression to start being more conscious of my health choices. And I cut back on alcohol, you know, during that, that time in my life for that, that breakup, I was eating just like terrible, terrible. (laughs) Yeah, I, I totally feel you. <laughs> so yeah, I, it's as far as my physical health and how that's impacted me, it definitely has brought, um, it's, I, I've understood how they're tied together and has brought more consciousness to my diet and lifestyle. Um, so, and also, I, I also personally have the belief that we go around telling ourselves like, oh, I need to, I need to stop eating this completely, or I, I can't have ice cream, or I can't, I need to quit drinking completely. Mm-hmm. And yeah, maybe you do. It just depends like on what you feel is right for you. However, um, there's this saying, it's like, I should, I shouldn't, I need to, blah, blah, blah. And it's like you're shooting all over yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and really, you know, in terms of like physical health and especially because weight loss is always a big thing for people, right? And um, it's like if you have a problem with your, you have a real issue with sticking to your diets or losing weight and keeping it off, you know, I, I personally see that as an indication that there's a limiting belief in there somewhere. Um, because in order to really get real results that, that last, you have to truly, truly believe that it's possible for you. And sometimes what happens is that we identify with like certain things about our physical condition, like, oh, if I'm overweight, I'm, I am overweight. So that becomes part of your identity, right? And it's reflective of your self-esteem in some way. And um, and so what happens is like we're in this little, as much as we don't like being overweight, it's at least something we're familiar with. We know who we are when in this, in this condition, right? And so if you were to lose all the weight, which is truly what you really want, but it's like you don't know who that person is anymore. And maybe that's a little scary because it requires you stepping out of your comfort zone And so if you still have the belief that you still feel unworthy, if you still feel not good enough and you don't feel like you can be seen, you're going to keep that weight on because it's a way that we, we unconsciously keep ourselves small and hidden so that we don't put ourselves into view and, you know, we don't know what that feels like and it feels scary. Yeah. Like you said, we got to figure out how to Mm -hmm. get unstuck. Exactly. You know, cause that, that's already that limiting like you said, limiting belief, you know, we're, we're, we're keeping ourselves there instead of moving on to the next process, the right. next step to, you know, reach yeah, that Yeah, I've heard goal, of people you know? just, you know, after they've done some work around limiting beliefs, admit that, or, you know, it's not something that you consciously think like, oh, I'm going to stay overweight because I'm trying to protect, you don't, nobody, like, I don't think anybody really thinks that it's the yeah. unconscious limiting belief of when you don't feel good enough and you don't feel worthy that's, you know, so someone after the fact, after working through the limiting belief stuff, uncovering the beliefs and saying like, yeah, I can see how I, the reason I had, I wasn't successful at sticking to any of these weight loss goals or these workout regimes or this diet plan or whatever was because I can see that keeping that weight on was a way of like, I was quote, insulating myself and it was a way of protecting myself and staying hidden in my own body, you know? And I thought that was really incredible yeah. because like that is a huge discovery for somebody to make, right? Like I was keeping myself hidden in my own body because I was afraid to feel seen. I was afraid of who, what that would mean if people really saw me for who I am. Like, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hard to admit that. So it's, I'm, I'm like still like, I, I follow you, as I said, I love it. You know, I love everything you're Thank doing, you. you know, so um, what, what are you doing now? I know you're doing a few things, uh, a few different things as far as, you know, you being a coach and your journey. And I feel like you helping others is also. Oh yeah. Helping definitely. Your growth. We can always see ourselves in other people. I mean, regardless of what their story is, there's, you know, 
Mm-hmm. And that's actually a perfect segue to talk about. So I'm, at, I'm actually, one of the things I'm doing and it's coming up here um, soon is I, so I already run one-on-one coaching programs for people um, to work on their learning beliefs, um, to reset their mindset for success, but also of course to heal their broken hearts um, and, and use their, their heartbreak and their pain and turn it into their power. So that's primarily my line of work, but um, all this, everything, all of that is always talking about mindset at the end of the day. Our, your mind can either be your greatest asset or your own worst enemy. And so um, basically I'm, I decided to, to launch this group coaching program and um, it's going to be based on principles taught in the book, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, which if you haven't read it, I highly suggest it. Um, it's been a New York Times bestseller for like 20 years or something like that. It's yeah, that's what I'm Oh, yeah, my it's so good. Things. And it's basically <laughs> just talking about the power of now talks about exactly what it sounds like. It's learning how um, intense presence of mind and living in the moment is is curative for overcoming um, negative emotions. Because, you know, just for example, like fear and anxiety are emotions that concern themselves with the future. You know, when you feel fearful and anxiety, you're thinking about what could possibly go wrong. And then sadness and anger um, are emotions that uh, concern and shame and guilt for that matter, too, are more emotions that concern themselves with the past. Shame over what happened and guilt over what happened and sadness and anger because something happened to you that offended you or violated you in some way. So um, it's the whole foundation of, of, you know, the principles taught in this book is like when you're living in the present moment and you have intense presence of mind you don't have these negative emotions. And of course, yes, that's not to say like, oh, we shouldn't <laughs> we shouldn't plan or we shouldn't reflect back on the past. That's not what it's saying. It's just basically um, this book talks, talks through a framework of how to stabilize and manage your emotional processing so that you're not you you can allow emotions to pass through you rather than overcome you. Um, so that you don't have to become your emotions. And it's basically teaches you about how the ego is, you know, like what life looks like when you're enslaved to your ego. And if you can break free um, of those shackles, it, it's truly liberating. And all he's really talking about there is exactly what I said, like emotional processing and emotional healing. So it's bringing all of these concepts into a group coaching program um, in which, you know, we'll talk about the science of, um, of meditation and why it's so, and why awareness is curative for, emotional healing. And the first time I ever read the book, some of it was a little over my head, but it was powerful enough to where I got so much out of it. And honestly, it's one of those books that I've gone back and read it probably three times and still always get something new out of it. So yes, I highly recommend it. Um, and that's what the these principles taught in this book is what this group coaching program is centered around. And so with group coaching, like I said before, you can always see yourself in somebody else's story or at least parts of their story. And so I wanted to create a program where people could connect with each other over their, through their stories and, and see themselves in other people and learn that other people in our lives are reflections of us and get, you know, have a chance to bring emotional healing to a large group of people, even though I still enjoy working one-on-one, of course. But, um, but yeah, so I'm really excited about mm-hmm. that. It'll be fun too, I'm assuming. Yeah, I'm launching that program. Um, I'm a certified coach and practitioner of neuro-linguistic programming, which is uh, shortened to NLP, timeline therapy and hypnotherapy. And now in mm-hmm. end of June, I'm getting my master practitioner certification, which is like a two-week intensive training. So that's, oh, that's another amazing. thing I'm coming up. I'm really excited about too. Man, yeah. that's that's really cool. You've gone through a through... I love how how you've slowly gotten yourself unstuck. I don't know if you had a coach. I know you, you got your coaching certification, so I don't know if that required um, you to have a coach. Not, well, it's when you're, um, when you go through the training program, you obviously like um, Deb and Brandon Yeager uh, have a training program for NLP mm-hmm. people who want to become certified. So they were my coaches through that training program. And so in that program, we actually learn all the tools and techniques that I use with my clients, which, like I said, includes timeline therapy and hypnotherapy, mm-hmm. um, which are excellent tool NLP for people who don't understand what that is. Um, it's basically a system of tools 
that helps people integrate their conscious and unconscious mind. So it's a, it's a, it's using the language to peel back the layers of the unconscious mind. And so that you can really dig in there and understand your programming that you have, that you're working with right now and learn how to make tweaks at the unconscious level, because Mm -hmm. until you bring awareness into your life, you're sort of just operating on autopilot. You're sort of enslaved to the, whatever programming you have in place. And, um, so what NLP allows you to do and then all the tools and techniques included in that system is allow you to peel back the veil and integrate, um, integrate these meaningful changes into your unconscious programming so that you're no, that you actually give yourself the power of choice. You know, it comes back to that, what I said about um, you have the choice in how you respond emotionally rather than being overcome with emotion and just like letting it take control of you. So it's really excellent. I use these this mm-hmm. system of tools and techniques in my coaching with people. And that's why I decided to get my master practitioner because it's just a deeper level of training. Um, so yeah, it's been really powerful. But you know, I have, of course, I think every good coach has a team of coaches behind them. And so currently I have, you know, I have them, my NLP coaches, I have business coach. Um, and I'm also in the Society of We, uh, Ellen Smoke, the founder, had started with Deb Yeager, my NLP trainer. They started a master manifestation program that I entered and it's currently going on. So they're oh, also wow. together, my coaches too, for learning how to manifest my own level of like high level of success. So working on that as well. <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot, lots to do, but that's amazing. I just have one last question. Um, as far as the whole process up to now until whatever, you know, is coming your way, because it seems like it's a lot of really amazing experiences that are coming your way. And um, what would you tell someone that is going is going through something that you already went through as far as like growing up? And then how how should they or what should you remind them or what would they remind themselves? Of yeah. So to get unstuck. Um, first of all, can you can you achieve emotional healing on your own? Yes. And I know that because I did it. However, it took me years, (laughs) many years to get there to where I finally started understanding the power of self-love and self-validation. And I will tell you that had now during that time of my life, there weren't like coaching wasn't, wasn't as readily available as it is say now. So had it been something available to me at the time or had I been aware that it was available to me, I definitely would have looked into that because um, having someone, what co- the difference between like coaching and therapy is having someone be a mirror for you to reflect back to your own blind spots and then helping you work through them. I don't tell people what to do with their lives. I don't tell them how to conduct themselves. All I do is help you bring, cultivate deep self-awareness and knowledge of your own programming and help give you tools to realize that you are your own guru. And so I would say that somebody going that has a lot of things that they're trying to process now, get a coach. I mean, seriously, get or get somebody, even if it is therapy, it doesn't really matter. But having someone help you through that is so such a game changer. And I probably could have shaved off years of my own processing had I had guidance through all of that. Um, but Having said that, um, awareness is curative. So what you really want to do is sit down. If, if coaching or therapy is not going to happen for you, then at least what you can do on your own is find ways to start cultivating more self-awareness in your own life. And one huge way to do that, actually two huge ways to do that, that I'm a huge advocate of is journaling and meditation. Mm-hmm. And um, journaling is science shows that people who write regularly about themselves are more self-aware, are happier, and have a general sense of direction and meaning and purpose in their lives. Um, It's basically a way to document all the things going on in your life and working through that stuff in your head. And there's something about when you're processing emotionally in your mental space, and it's very abstract, you think, you know, you're thinking through things, you're not really like thinking in complete sentences, necessarily. When you put a pen to paper and write things out, it forces you to get very specific about what you're saying. And I can't even tell you how many times that I've given myself breakthroughs just because I wrote something down on paper and I looked at it, it was like, oh my God, wow. <laughs> like, I didn't see that coming. Like, <laughs> I just wrote it out. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. um, as far as meditation goes, mm-hmm. if you're new to meditation, it can be very, like meditation is all about stilling your mind and being intensely present in the moment. 
And for people who are new to meditation, it can be very challenging to quiet the mental chatter. So one way to help, um, first of all, there are plenty of guided meditations on YouTube and Spotify that you can turn to. And, you know, there's all different kind of theme one if you want like meditation for success, meditation for emotional healing, meditation for relaxation. There's all different kinds. Just um, Google it. But also one way to start off uh, if you're new to it is just focus on your breathing. Sit down in a comfortable position where you feel relaxed and there's not distractions around and just focus on on steadying your breathing. And that helps um, direct your focus so that you can be present in the moment. And that way you can allow things to just come up, just bubble up. Um, Try not to have judgments or thoughts attached to whatever comes up. Just observe it and let it pass. And that's really what meditation is about. And it helps you get really reflective. One great way to get still and still your mind is to get out and connect with nature. Um, When you're just sitting there observing nature, there, it kind of gives you a, a bigger sense of purpose and connection when you realize like, wow, there's this whole huge big world out there and I'm just like a speck on this earth. <laughs> and there's something about that that makes you get really still and quiet. Yeah, so yeah, I recommend yeah. that too. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I sometimes will just go to my backyard yeah. and just like go bare. I, I love being barefoot. So I'll just go back there um, and just, you know, feel feel it. Just feel the grass, feel how, how like yeah, it kind absolutely. of grounds me. I definitely, I definitely always tell people, just go outside, just, you know, do it. And then um, where can people find you? Someone who wants a coach, a loving relationship coach, or if they just want to coach in general or be part of your, of your group coaching that's coming up in July or whatever. So um, my website is a great landing space for people to go to who are interested in learning more about either one-on-one coaching or the group coaching program. All the information um, is on there. It's www.virtuousheality.com. And that's V-I-R-T-U-O-U-S, virtuous heality. And that's H-E-A-L-I-T-Y. And just to just to explain that name came from oh, um, the tagline on that is heal your reality. And so, um, and I am a big proponent of uh, like define your values and make sure that your values are virtuous because when you're living according to virtuous values and you're basing your beliefs and your decisions and behaviors on virtues, then that's when you can learn how to trust yourself to make healthy decisions mm-hmm. for yourself. That's awesome. I'm going to be putting this in the, in the show notes. Um, that awesome. way people can just go and follow you. Do you have an Instagram or anything? Just curious. Um, or right now, just a website. Yes. Uh, the Instagram handle, which I, you know, I post, um, insightful content all the time. It's virtuous underscore reality, uh, same spelling, just there's an underscore between the two words. And, um, people can also email me directly, uh, Kristen, C H R I S T I N at virtuousreality.com. Well, I am so grateful um, for you being here with me today and taking some time. Oh, no. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate that you reached out to me. Yeah, I'm so excited to to share this with everybody. And, um, you know, I'm I'm just grateful to you again for for being part of 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 this podcast episode. And I'm sure people will trust me, people will take a lot from from okay, your knowledge from. and everything you've said today um because even i'm ta- i'm taking a lot from from today uh, it's a good <laughs> awesome. it's like i got good. one-on-one from you um so <laughs> yeah so uh thank you so much and um i'll be seeing you actually i'm not oh, sure i'm gonna see yeah at the, at the lunch party i won't be there unfortunately unless they change well you won't be at the thing <laughs> don't see that Hoping. We'll see. We'll see. But uh, thanks so much, everybody. Um, This was Kristen Menendez, awesome writer, coach. And, you know, let us if you have any questions, just email her, go to her website. um, Love to have you. Love to have you guys. (laughs) Wow. So many good things that Kristen and I talked about. One thing is that we are a reflection of our parents and sometimes we don't get along with them because we're actually more similar to them than we actually think we are. That's probably why I also would probably butt heads with my dad a lot because I guess I am very similar to him. And with my mother, same thing has happened. Uh, we're very similar and but that with her, we actually can argue but then we're okay maybe five ten minutes later we let it go another thing she pointed out was that we can't hold someone else 
accountable for something if we are not allowing our, ourselves to forgive you know how are we going to move on to the next step to the next part in our life if we can't let that previous thing if we can't let that go we spoke about the metafit meta mind mindset and how both physical and mental health are a reflection of each other and Kristen states that you know whether you start physically or whether you start emotionally mentally it's a natural progression for one or the other to get better and I think for me um, I started the physical aspect of it and so naturally as she said my mental state of being started to get a little better and it still continues to improve on a daily basis I still continue to gradually learn more and more as I am more aware of my own health, my own mindset, my own physical state of being as well. I know I'm sharing this recording that I had with Kristen way late and I am sorry about that but this conversation I had with her applies at any time of the year, at any time of the day, whenever you're ready to start on your journey, whenever you need help. It's whenever you're ready for your journey to start. Like I've said in previous episodes, I am so happy to be able to share with you. Como ya les dije en episodios anteriores, estoy feliz de poder compartir con ustedes. I am so happy to hopefully eventually launch the book that I have collaborated with um, with other 13 women. Estoy contenta también de pronto poder compartir el libro en el que participé con otras 13 mujeres. Y espero que ustedes también puedan y quieran compartir sus historias. I hope you can also share or would want to share your stories. Um, because, you know, it's the form, the way to help yourself and to help others. Or at least it's one way. Um, es una forma que ustedes se pueden ayudar a sí mismos o también a otros que necesiten escuchar para poder ayudarse a, a ellos mismos. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram on Metafit Metamind Podcast. No se les olvide seguirme en Instagram en Metafit Metamind Podcast and Facebook on Facebook or on my website metafitmetamind.com uh, Subscribe on Anchor, Apple, Google or wherever you listen to your podcast. Suscríbanse en Anchor, Apple, Google o donde sea que escuchen sus podcasts. Muchas gracias por escuchar este episodio hasta este punto. Thank you so, so much for listening to this episode up to this point. Yo soy Carla Rodríguez y este es Metafit Metamind Podcast, donde estamos normalizando las conversaciones que nunca hubiéramos compartido. This is Metafit Metamind Podcast, where we share and are normalizing the conversations that we would have probably never shared before. Hasta la otra. Till next time.